Good morning, church. My name is Mark Salvin. I will be your liturgist today. We have uh, quite a few announcements here. Uh, first of all, today after service, now there's going to be food provided. I mean, I don't know if anybody needs to eat anymore after Thanksgiving, but anyway, you sure have been eating leftovers every day. But uh, anyway, after church today, we're decorating the sanctuary for Christmas. So volunteers, whoever would want to stay after, that would be great, and we are going to feed you, so... We appreciate the help if you stay. And we also have a coat collection. We are collecting winter coats, children and adult sizes, all sizes. Coats can be new or gently used in clean and working zippers. Deadline is December 10th, so that's coming up pretty soon. Collection bins are located at the greeter stations in the fellowship hall. And I think there might be some bins right here also. And then we are doing the Christmas card exchange. We are bringing back our family Christmas card exchange. A list of names are on the back table here, are provided for you to use the address cards to bring to church. That way you can save on postage and it won't cost you much. So every day, like after service, if you want to go back there and look in the slot that has your name on it, there might be a Christmas card in there for you. And also, Jen Hurdle wanted me to let you know uh, that tomorrow is the last day to order shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts. Uh, please see the link in the bulletin or the flyers around the church. For more information, just contact Jen Hurdle with any questions. And coming up is the Lillian Faith cookie and candy sale. Now that's on December 9th from 9 to 12. If you love to bake, any contributions are welcome. You can drop it off. Drop off is on Friday, December 8th from 2 to 5, and setup is from 5 to 7. I don't know if you've ever baked for that or if you've come by to buy some cookies, but they're really great. And also, uh, we're bringing back another fun thing, which we haven't done for a while, I think because of COVID, uh, is Christmas caroling. That's on December 16th. And this is another fun event. You know, what we do is we drive to uh, shut-ins that go to our church that can't make it anymore, and we go and sing Christmas carols to them. And you would not believe how that brightens up their day just to go sing Christmas carols. And I think I can say for myself and everyone else that I think Udo ought to like head it because he sings so beautifully. <laughs> And also, if you would like a, a hymnal, a favorite hymn of praise hymnal, we have some in the back there. You're more than welcome to take as many as you want because once uh, uh, you pick through those, then I think we're going to be donating the rest. And then also, um, after church, uh, we will be setting up the Adopt-A-Family tree. If you don't know what that is, that's a tree we set up for families, and you can go back there and pick an envelope. And then you can help that family with Christmas by buying them some gifts. If you'd like to pick a gift before you leave, please see Ricky Meredith. And she will give you the card to take. And also, um, let me see. Uh, there are three cards going to be back here on the table. And after church, uh, it is for three members. Uh, Rich Holder is having knee surgery on Tuesday, and we have a card back there to sign for him. And then Susie Bush had knee surgery, and she is recovering, so there's a card back there if you want to sign that also so we can give it to him. And then, of course, George Galbraith is having stem cell transplant. So we'd like to keep all three of these in our prayers, and if you want to sign the card so it might be brightening up their day, it would be great. And let me see. And then also, uh, the blue card in your bulletin is the attendance coupon or paper and we would uh, really appreciate if you fill this out that way we can keep track of everyone's attendance and I think that's it for the announcements uh, let us read together the breakthrough prayer amazing God we pray that through the Holy Spirit your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes that we may see the amazing things you're already doing among us. Amen. Please quiet your hearts for the prelude and the lighting of the altar candles.
Morning, everyone. Let's all stand for our opening song, Come Now Long Expected Jesus. I know that it is not the first Sunday of Advent yet, but we have a pastor who loves Christmas music. So we are bringing it in a little early, so let's all sing, Come Now Long Jesus Christ, Alpha and Omega, the one who is, who was, and is to come. We come to worship the one who rules justly. Come to worship Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Bread of heaven, God with us. Good shepherd, true vine. Eternal word, great I am. Wonderful counselor, prince of peace. We come to worship Jesus Christ, King of kings and lords of lords. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's all sing this great hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Nancy needs to start over.
Eric's the only one that likes Christmas songs. You guys sounded marvelous. Please join me in the morning prayer. Precious Savior, we praise you because you are near. You have walked among us, living as we live, knowing our pain, experiencing our joy. You may choose to come close to see us face to face. You know firsthand how difficult it is to live down here on earth. Thank you for getting your feet dirty, for reaching out to touch us, for loving us in person. We know that you are able to emphasize with our weaknesses, and we are so grateful, Jesus. May we spend this season sharing this blessed message of hope with all we need. Thank you for coming to us. Amen. You may be seated. The first scripture reading is from Jeremiah 23, verse 5. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will rise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. Now is a time in which we can come together as the body of Christ and raise to our Lord our joys and our concerns. I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer request that you would like to share and, and have prayed for, you can fill out a blue, that blue uh, card there in your worship bulletin and just drop that in the offering plate as it comes around, and we'll be sure to put you on our prayer concern list. Uh, you can also uh, email prayer concerns during the week to the church at prayer at groveportumc.org, or uh, you can always call Nancy and let her know. Uh, and uh, last but not least, you can always drop us uh, uh, a letter and our address is there on the screen behind me. Let us prepare ourselves for our time of prayer. Remind us that through the busyness, through the excitement, through the chaos of this season, 
that at its heart lies the celebration of your love, a love shown to us through the person of Jesus. For each of us are sinners. Each of us are unable to earn forgiveness. It is a gift given to us by you through Jesus, through his life, through his teachings, and through his death on a cross. Help us to recognize that during this season, what is most important is accepting your love. Lord, as we come before you this day, we we have concerns that are on our hearts, as well as joys that are on our tongues. We lift them both to you. Lord, we ask for your healing hand to be upon Ron, who is, is battling kidney stones. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we raise to you Betty, who is in hospice care, and we pray that her remaining time here will be filled with, with love, and we know that she will be with you when her end here arrives. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we raise to you Ed, who is battling sepsis. We ask for healing. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for Mark, who recently fell off a ladder and has broken both his wrist and his ankle. And we pray for quick healing and recovery. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we raise to you Joyce, who is undergoing stem cell transplant. We, we pray that that transplant will be successful and her recovery quick. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we raise to you Susie, who had a knee replacement this past week, and, and pray for her quick recovery and we pray that her recovery will be pain-free as well. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for the, the Bates family and that your love and care will surround them and that their situation will improve. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we raise to you Bill, who recently fell and broke his hip. Bill is 93 years old, and, and we just pray for uh, your kindness and love to surround him during this difficult time. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we, we pray for all of those who are undergoing cancer treatment. Doris and Tom. Rita, Bruce, and Cheryl, and Susan, Lori, and Trent, and Hannah. Allow your healing hand to be upon all of those undergoing treatments. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for those recovering from recent medical procedures. Leanna and Paul and Gary 
and Kenny and Bart. Lord, we ask that your healing hand be upon each of them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We, we praise you for this holiday season where family and friends can get together on multiple occasions. We pray for those who are traveling for safe passage to and from. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this church. But most especially, we thank you for Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those against us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is now time for our offerings. Uh, there's three ways that it can be given. You can either put it in the uh, collection plate as we pass it around, or you could do it the old-fashioned way and mail it to church uh, at the address here to the office, or you can go ahead and get on the app, uh, the Ezekiel app. I'm the furthest person away from the most technological person you'll ever meet, so I wouldn't even know how to do that. So if you don't, you might want to do it the other two ways. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, will the ushers please come forward?
In response to your great love for us, gracious God, we joyfully and gratefully offer the fruits of our labor and our lives in these gifts. Bless and multiply them, we pray, that the transformative power of your love will be a reality in our neighborhood and community. Amen. You may be seated. Guess what time it is? <laughs> the children like to come up for our children's moment. Morning. Hi, All right. Well, <laughs> by golly, I have a hammer. What do you use a hammer for? What, what do I use a hammer for? Nails. Destruction. Well, you can. <laughs> Note to self keep the hammer away from Robert. Brian. You, you can build a ship, right? All right, what else can you build that use a hammer for? You're right. You can drive that stake and put a tent up. What else can you use a hammer for? You're right. You can use a chisel and you can sculpt something. Very good. What else can you use a hammer for? Anything else? To smash. To smash. Yeah. I can't. You're right. You can you can smash things. Anything else? What? You can build stuff. Now, what is this? Anybody? A screwdriver. All right. What do you use a screwdriver for? To screw stuff up. Of course. Ryan? You can. All right. What do you use a screw for? You can, screw for? you can chisel with it. You can. Just don't use your dad's nice uh, screwdriver to use as a chisel. I might have done that once or twice as a kid and got in trouble. What else can you use a, use a screwdriver for? Your dad doesn't have any screwdrivers? Oh. He doesn't use them much. Okay. All right. Well, so how, nice, nice silent hands, how many of you can use a hammer or have ever used a hammer? Okay. All right. Put your hands down. How many of you have ever used a screwdriver? All right. Who taught you how to use a hammer or a screwdriver? All right, who taught you how to use a hammer or a screwdriver? Your dad. All right, who, who taught you how to use a hammer or a screwdriver? Your dad. Who taught you how to use a hammer or a screwdriver? Yourself. You just self-taught. All right, yep, yep. All right, who taught you, Ryan? Your grandpa taught you. All right, so we're spread. Robert, who taught you how to use it? Your dad? Your mom and dad? Nobody teach how to use what? So my dad taught me how to do this. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Do you think Jesus knew how to use a hammer and a screwdriver? What do you think, Ryan? <gasps> You're right. What do you think? Do you think Jesus knew how to use a hammer? Very good. All right. Good job. We all knew that. All right. 
Very good. Yeah, they used hammers. And the Bible tells us that Jesus did the same job that his dad, Joseph, did. And do you know what job did Joseph have? Ryan? The baby said Jesus. <laughs> All right. When he wasn't babysitting Jesus, because Mary needed a break. <laughs> what job did Joseph have outside of babysitting Jesus? Yeah. Do you know? What did Joseph do? Well, he took take care of Jesus. He was a carpenter. He built things out of wood. He would have built things like this or like, well, the furniture. He would have built all kinds of things. And Jesus was a carpenter too. And Jesus was taught how to use a hammer and their equivalent of a screwdriver by Joseph. Jesus had to learn how to do things just like you and I have to learn how to do things. And so it's okay that we don't know how to do things, and it's okay that somebody needs to teach us because that's the only way we're going to learn. So just remember that as you're getting older and you're learning things, that it's okay not to know everything, and it's okay to ask for help, okay? Because Jesus had to do the same thing. Yes, Ryan. Oh, he wasn't a lumberjack. It already came cut. He was a carpenter. But now I have a, a mental picture I'm never going to get out of my head. All right. Let's pray. Lord, just like Jesus had to be taught how to use a hammer and a screwdriver, we too have to be taught things because we don't know everything. Remind us, Lord, that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay that we don't know everything because we're, well, we're only human. So, Lord, uh, help us not to feel bad uh, about uh, uh, not knowing. Uh, help us to ask for help. And, Lord, when we know how to do something that somebody else doesn't, help us to show others so they may learn too. Thank you for the example of Jesus who taught us what it means to be a child of yours. It is in his name that we humbly pray. Amen. All right, you guys can head off to uh, Junior Church. <coughs> I don't know if any of you remember that show called Kids Say the Darndest Things. <laughs> I think we have that every Sunday at church. <laughs> the second scripture reading is from Matthew 13, verses 54 through 56. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your Holy Word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. Well, the Christmas story is 
obviously a familiar story for many of us. I would suggest that most of us, if not all of us, have heard the story of the birth of Jesus at least once or, or twice in our lives. And we are in that season, even though uh, the official start of the Advent season isn't until next Sunday, uh, we are clearly in that Christmas season. And you can see that all around. You go to the stores, they've got Christmas music on, although if you went to some stores, they've had the Christmas music on since before, uh, you know, Halloween. It's always weird to see uh, a major scene next to a uh, statue of a ghost. That's always a little odd. But this is a wonderful time of, of, of year. And if you're like me, this is my favorite time of the year. I love all of the, all the things that go with the Christmas season. How many of you have already watched at least one Christmas special this year? All right, I have to admit, I may have watched four or five of them uh, this weekend with my son Owen. Uh, and uh, I have to tell you, uh, Santa Claus uh, has been a very busy person. Uh, he has, uh, let's see, been knocked unconscious, um, been replaced a couple of times. Uh, it's amazing, the movies. All right, how many of you have watched at least one Hallmark Christmas movie so far this year? It's okay. It's okay. I may have watched a couple unwittingly, and I, I'm, I'm just waiting for, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, to go back to my hometown and have to, because I'm a cynical big city reporter, and I have to do a story, and then I run into, uh, you know, an, an old flame that I went to high school with, and you have to work together to save the town's library or whatever. <laughs> I saw a funny meme, uh, uh, it had these elves working, and they said that Hallmark was busily working on coming up with a second story for their Christmas movies. Um, <laughs> But they're fun, right? Nothing wrong with those. This is a season, though, that we focus on the birth of Jesus. And as we focus on the birth of Jesus and, and, and on all of those characters in the, the, the Bible stories of, of, of the birth of Jesus, one character that stands out to me is the character of Joseph. Joseph is a character that sometimes we, we sometimes overlook, don't we? I mean, when we think about it, characters like the shepherds and the angels and the magi, they all get special attention. I put up my manger scene at home the other day, and as I was arranging the characters, it occurred to me that Certain ones have to go up front, right? You got to put the, the, the wise men up front, right? Usually, at least in mine, they got a camel, and the camel won't fit in the, the stable, right? So they got to go up front. You got the angels. You got the wise men. Of course, you have Mary and, and the baby. But who do I always put in the very back, back with the sheep? Joseph. We often... Overlook Joseph. So during this uh, uh, Christmas season, this, this, this season of, of, of Advent, this season of preparing ourselves for the coming of Jesus, I want us to focus on Joseph and, and to look at this uh, Christmas story through the eyes of Joseph. So let's talk a little bit about Joseph. Uh, Joseph was a carpenter. We all know this because of the children's moments we just had, right? Joseph was a carpenter. In Matthew 13, 
Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth to teach and to minister. And, and as Jesus is teaching in the local synagogue, someone asks, isn't this the carpenter's son? Where did he learn all this? So clearly, Joseph was a carpenter. Now, the interesting thing about Joseph, other than him being a carpenter, is that we don't know much more about him other than that. We really don't, right? Uh, he has no speaking lines in the entire Bible. Did you know this? He doesn't. He doesn't say a word. People, he's mentioned, he's talked about, the narrator talks about him, but he, is never, he never says a word in the whole Bible. And in fact, the Gospel of Mark doesn't even talk about him at all. So he's a character that sometimes gets left behind. Now, early church folk, just like church folk today, had questions about Jesus. And one of the questions they had was about Joseph. And so uh, very, very early on in the Christian church, people, uh, uh, Christians began to speculate and to do research on, on Joseph. And they came up with the fact that, that, that Joseph was uh, uh, a guy who had a brother named uh, Clopas who was married also to a woman named Mary. And if we read the gospel accounts, there is a gospel accounts of a guy named Clopas in, and another Mary. And so early church folks said that that was Joseph's uh, brother and sister-in-law, which would have been Mary, the mother of Jesus's brother and sister-in-law. Is that true? Don't know. The Bible never says it is, but it's one of those early speculations about who Joseph was. So let's talk about what it meant to be a carpenter, right? Throughout the whole New Testament, only two people are really referred to as carpenters. Uh, and the, the, the Greek word that they use is tekton, uh, which actually uh, uh, sometimes can be used in, in other instances to mean a laborer, but in this case, it, it was uh, uh, somebody who worked with wood. And uh, we know that uh, 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 carpenters were not wealthy people, but they also weren't very, very poor people. It wasn't a hand-to-mouth kind, of, uh, kind of a deal. Now, we shouldn't really think of them as middle class because there was no middle class. There was the really rich and then everybody else, okay? So they were part of everybody else, but they weren't super, super poor, okay? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so uh, uh, Joseph was referred to as a tecton. There was another group called an arch tecton uh, from, uh, from the Greek uh, that were uh, more skilled and kind of designed uh, things that were built, and that's where we get the term, our modern term, architect from. Uh, but that wasn't Joseph. Joseph would have built things out of wood. He would have built household furniture. He would have built staircases uh, inside homes. He would have built window frames and door frames. Uh, he would have spent a lot of his time building farm implements. He would have built the... Uh, the, the yoke that went around oxen. These are the things that Joseph, and then in turn, Jesus would have done. You know, most of us don't think of Jesus as walking around with a hammer and a screwdriver. But he did. In fact, this blew my mind. Jesus probably knew how to cut a dovetail joint. I can't cut a dovetail joint. Not even with one of those expensive little jigs you get with a router. Nah, I can't do it. But Jesus, he would have known how to do that by hand. And how did he know how to do it by hand? Because Joseph would have taught him how to do it by hand. That is somebody who has skill. That is somebody who takes great care in, in, in doing a job. Joseph 
And in turn, Jesus would have been considered skilled artisans rather than just common laborers. They would have been considered a tradesperson. They would have been somebody of some importance in their community because without them, you couldn't get the items that you needed. This is what Joseph did. And what is super cool to me, at least, is that not only did Joseph do this for a living, but he also taught Jesus. I remember when I was a kid being taught how to drive a nail. Did any of you ever have that fun little exercise where your, your dad or somebody gave you a piece of wood and a nail and you had to drive the nail in? Or worse, they gave you a saw, and not a power saw, but a saw saw, and, you had to, and, and they like drew a line and they made you cut the line, and then it would get all wavy and crooked, or you, you'd get the saw. I really like table saws. No man played as important role in Jesus' life as Joseph. Nobody. Think about that. Joseph not only taught Jesus how to build things, but he taught him how to be a man. He taught him what it meant to, uh, to uh, treat others with respect. He, he would have been the one who taught him what it meant to be a, 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 a good Jewish boy, what it meant to, uh, to, to, to go to synagogue, what it meant to read the Bible. This would have been Joseph's job. It would have been his responsibility. He was the one who instilled in, in Jesus I think, a sense of right and wrong and, 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 and justice. Joseph had a huge impact on who Jesus became as a person. And what Joseph, I think, teaches us is the importance that we can play in the life of somebody else. My friends, how are you shaping the children entrusted to your care. They might be your own children or grandchildren, nieces or nephews, children at church or, or somewhere in your life. What are you teaching them about life? What image of God are you painting for them? When you die, what will your children and grandchildren and other children say they learned from you? What lessons will they continue to carry with them? That's what Joseph, I think, demonstrates for us, is that no matter what profession we may have, we all have an important job to play in the lives of the young people around us, those who look up to us. My friends, every mother, stepmother, father, stepfather, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle has been asked to raise children of God, to, to show them a picture of God's love and God's mercy and to teach them intentionally what it means to be God's children. How are you shaping the children entrusted to your care? Joseph has a lot to teach us. And over the next few weeks, we will be learning more about Jesus through his eyes. Let us pray. Lord, as we begin our look at Joseph over these next few weeks, remind us that we all have a special role to play in the lives of, of young people. Rather, whether we are parents or grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, 
church members, we all have a responsibility to, to demonstrate to those generations coming behind us what it means to be a Christian, what love looks like. Lord, we ask a special blessing upon uh, all of those who are raising children. And we ask, Lord, for a special blessing upon all the children in our lives, and especially on those children uh, here at our church, that they may learn your love from this place. Thank you for giving us the picture of Joseph. Amen. Let us now stand and join together in our closing hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Perfect timing. I changed my shoes. I stirred the sloppy joes. I ate a sloppy joe. They're really good. Sloppy joes, hot dogs, chips, cookies. If you can stick around to help decorate, it would be greatly appreciated because you only get all that if you stay and help. All right, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Remember the light of the world who is to come. Remember the light of Christ who will show us what a life of love looks like. And may the Lord therefore bless you and make your love increase and overflow to each other this day and always. Amen.
staying lunch is in the serendipity room. See you there. <laughs>